This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you can find options that fit your budget. Because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, like when I hold the door for someone. Sure, it may be weird if I don't time it right, and they're a little too far away, and oh, now they're running. And we're both asking ourselves, is it worth it to run instead of just, you know, letting them open their own door? But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a more day. Next Generation Bomber Sports Talk. I am your endearing Southern host, Matt Soroka. And as always, I'm joined by a guy who spent his whole week trying to convince Michael Elias that the Orioles should be buyers at the trade deadline, not sellers, the button lover, Josh Soroka. Um, I don't even know how to respond to that. If I, I, if mean, I was yeah. Michael, if I was Michael Elias, I would try to convince them to be a buyer at the deadline. Mm, do you, maybe do you I, know what my argument would be? Buy for next year. No, for this year. All right. What would how? All right. Let's jump right into it. How would you convince Michael Elias that he should be a buyer? No. What? What? This is just a joke. But Josh, I we shared this at the beginning of the season. I was optimistic about the Orioles this year. Yeah. And I, hey, by the way, I'm and we're jumping right into it. But I'm pumped about this show. I've been waiting a long time to do this show because this is an episode we're doing after Orioles are just coming off a sweep. So we don't yeah. get to do this very often. Yeah, I should be uh, I should be wearing my Birditude shirt. That's right. After, after crushing the Nats this weekend, uh, t- uh, taking back that Mass and Cup that they thought they had. Yeah, the Mass and Cup that nobody cares about. Yeah, I don't even know. Do they even call it the Mass and Cup anymore? We call it the Mass and Cup. I don't care what they call it. I know, but do they on Masson call it the no, Mass and no. Cup? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I would like there. I think there should be some uh, stakes in the game for the Mass and Cup. Where I think whoever wins the Masson Cup, they get their games on Masson One for the rest of the year. Mm. So if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you want to take charge and you want to go back to this flip flopping crap, that's fine. But uh, there needs to be some uh, something where Masson, or we play the game of, hey Nats, Nats, you want more Masson money than the contract that you signed? You got to beat us. If you win the Masson Cup, you get a few percentage points. Yeah, that seems the way to settle this, right? Why are they settling in the courts? It should be settled on the baseball field. A baseball yeah. dispute over money should be settled on the baseball field. But just give us a couple years. Yeah, th- yeah exactly. Exactly. Maybe even the next year we'll be okay. Uh, you, we don't want to do it like two years ago when the Nats were good. Yeah. I, I think I saw people saying on 
and I'll tell you why we should be buyers in a second. But I saw people saying that, you know, the Nats are going to blow it up and go into rebuild mode. I don't think the Nats are going to go into rebuild mode at all because the Nats do something traditionally we don't do, and that's spend money. Spend money. Right. They, they signed Scherzer. They signed Strasburg. Um, so, they, I mean, they – I mean, they, Lester and all these guys, um, Cor- Cor- Corbin. So I think they'll sell Scherzer. They'll trade Scherzer. Yes. Maybe they'll trade Turner. I don't know. I doubt they'll trade Tur- Turner. But I think they'll try to, this this offseason again, they'll have Strasburg coming back, and I think they'll try to sign a bunch of guys and still compete. For, they're not blowing things out. They're not going to Orioles rebuild mode. They're, 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 not, they're, they're not, not in a position that they need to rebuild. They're in the NL East, which is not a, not a real tough division. And – yeah, Scherzer trading makes sense. And then you use that money to sign another pitcher this offseason. Yeah, he's on the final year of his deal anyway. So, you yeah, have yeah, enough, keep him. Right. You've, and the difference with the Nats is they have enough pitchers that they can go ahead and trade one. Yeah. But I was talking about this at the beginning of the year, and I haven't talked about it a since then because it's too depressing. But, like, I told you this at the beginning of the season, Josh, on my bookie, and this is why I would try to convince Mike Elias to be buyers. I bet more money than I ever had on anything on the Orioles winning over 63 and a half games. Oh, I probably did as well. That's correct. So, and, and it's not, listen, it's not, it's probably nothing you, you fiends. Yeah. I yeah. probably bet a lot more. It's, I it's bet like, like $5 bucks. a game on this one on the Orioles 63 and a half. I probably have, I don't know, like 150 bucks out there on it on 63 okay. and a half. You so that's the most it. I've ever bet. You must have had that money already in your account. Yes, it was left over from football yeah. season, and I put it all into this game, or, or this uh, um, orders win total. And there's that 63 and a half. And right now, Josh, I'm very happy about the winning streak. But right now, 34 and 64, it's still not looking good. The Orioles need to play like 500 ball, yeah, the rest of the way to get to that 63 and a half number. Well, hey, they won uh, three this weekend. They yes. won 100 percent of their weekend games. Yeah, for this weekend, you like the Orioles superstition. Did you notice that they wore the black jerseys Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Oh, I didn't notice. Is that a thing? (laughs) They won Friday. So they said, hey, let's wear the jerseys again on Saturday. Mm. And then they won on Saturday. So they said, hey, let's wear them again on Sunday. Nice. So I hope it's a real thing that the Orioles are then wearing the black jerseys again on Tuesday. With the yeah. Marlins, and I hope they're not washing the jerseys and they're just going all superstition. Yeah, and the jock straps, those same jock straps, all that stuff keep the same. Yeah, yeah. that's how that works. You, and, you can't and, just do uh, it on outward appearances, inward too, outward yeah. and inward with those things. And then Win and Severino are sharing the same cup behind the plate. Yep, you have to. Got to keep the same one back just, there. Just, just part part of the deal. It's more valuable than our actual catchers at this point. Well, our major league catchers. Uh, Adley Rutschman was just announced as the double-A player of the week. So that's something. Because he had a monster game. He had had stats in one game that most people hope to get in a month. Yeah, it's true. He had the seven RBI game with a couple home runs. Um, From both sides of the plate. Yeah, you just look like his walk numbers are just incredible. Now he's walking more than he's striking out. Um, So it's just, yeah. He's doing his thing. He should be at Norfolk. It's annoying. He's still at Double A, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, he's going to finish this. He's not going to be in to Norfolk this year. You don't think so? You think it's been the rest of the year? I think he might. Um, I think he might never go to Norfolk. Yeah, I think he might go finish this year in Bowie and come to uh, Baltimore next year. That's, I mean, it's possible. I think there's a good. I can make a good argument that he will learn nothing in Norfolk. So yeah, you're, you're using except him how. Now. 
Yeah, and he's on a winning team now, except how, how to lose. And, and Norfolk is not as good as a team but, as Bowie, so he'll, they'll lose more games. And he's catching for better pitchers. He's catching for pitchers you plan to be the future. Well, I don't, I don't know. They got some. I mean, you got Bradish, you got Kramer. Like, you got some potential I, pitchers there at Norfolk. All right, maybe. Kevin maybe. Smith was just caught up. Okay. I mean, why not call? I know Grayson Riggs had a rough outing last outing, but he's been dominant up until his last outing. Why not send both of them up at the end of the year? No, and that'd be fun. But, I mean, minor league baseball season ends in like a month. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's coming uh, to the end here. Maybe two months. And there is playoffs, and Norfolk has no shot at the playoffs. But last I checked, the Bay Sox where I think a game or two games out of first place um, on their playoffs, and they have to get in right. first in their division to make the playoffs. And so they still have a playoff chance. So maybe if you want to keep them there for the playoffs and then you get to play more games, I don't know. Teach them how to win. I don't know if that's part of it. I don't know if that matters. I don't know. I'm not worried about it either way. He's going to yeah, be a good major leaguer. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Sorry. I started off right. I jumped right into it. Um, I well, today we're going to get into We're going to get into the Orioles sweep of the Nats. So we'll talk about the starting pitching. We're talking about some stock prices as far as Orioles trade candidates that are going up, up, up through the roof. Yeah. We're talking was... about Josh's new favorite player. I have a new favorite player. You do, oh, yeah. Josh. I, he's not a new favorite player. Okay. I believe I've said on this podcast before that I really like this kid, and I have high hopes for this kid. And you're willing to trade Cedric Mullins so he can play every day? I did not say that. Oh, I believe I said that's too far, him. too far. I believe I said I liked him in the outfield with Cedric Mullins. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I went to the game on Saturday at the Jim Palmer bobblehead. Yeah. I didn't realize I had tickets till that, like, 4.30 that, that day. I didn't realize I had tickets. Yeah. Big crowd. Looked, looked really good on TV. Looked like the first real crowd of the year and probably it, it, the only real crowd of the year. It was insane. It was, it was a huge crowd. It was, I couldn't what? remember last time I saw a crowd that big. It was insane. What was the driving force for the crowd? The bobblehead? Or remember, this was also the game that was 70% off tickets. Oh, I forgot about that. All of that was uh, kind of built into setting this game up to be the perfect game. Yeah. To, uh, or are people finally comfortable with going to the city of Baltimore? Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of those statute night games, right? The statute yeah. nights where there would be no crowd, but then for statues, there'd be huge crowds. Right. right. Um, I think it was partly because Jim Palmer bobblehead. Um, and okay. I think it was partly because it's the Nats. And you know, get those a lot yeah. of DC fans, yeah, and I think the old Oriole fans, yeah, yeah, who who have experienced a World Series in their lifetime, unlike us. So, who were the suckers really? Hey, I'll keep waiting to get mine yeah. in orange and black. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, you say that now. Why? Yeah, um, I expect a ring when that comes. And then we there was just Orioles a, media. It was like the perfect. It was a beautiful Saturday night, and so I think if you didn't have plans, you just headed over there. Like we got there. I don't know, half hour before the game started, maybe 40 minutes before the game started. And there was almost no parking left in the BC lot. Like we were in the really back of the BC lot. It was, okay. it was wild. Also the concession lines. (laughs) It had to be horrible. The concession lines, the concession lines had to be horrible because they were bad at the beginning of the season when people weren't going to games. It was, it's unbelievable. They still aren't letting you take stuff in, right? Yeah. You can't you know, take in again. And really, I'm really like, you, you can't, you, you have to miss two innings if you want to get something to eat. Like, just know you're going to miss two innings. And even Josh, this is how, when I knew it was crazy. I knew it was crazy 
when I was like, whatever, because I was there with my son. Right. And I was like, I'm not waiting on these lines. Let's just go get some freaking Dippin' Dots. No one eats those. And then there's 20 people waiting to get Dippin' Dots. I'm like, okay, this is too much. You're, I'm, I'm going to wait yeah. in line for Dippin' Dots? No one eats Dippin' Dots. No, Dippin' Dots is a bunch of cold gravel. Yes, no one eats Dippin' Dots. Yeah. I've never seen anyone lined up to eat a, a bowl of Dippin' Dots ice cream. I've never seen that before in my life. And there was 20 people waiting to get Dippin' Dots. All right, so the Orioles made this new rule this year about you can't bring food in. Is that why the lines are long? They said it's because of COVID safety. So now they're packing you in the stadium, give, letting you get COVID by sitting next to strangers. Well, or just standing in line in the concessions. Or standing in line in the concessions. Well, my argument was standing in line for the concessions uh, previously. But now it's full occupancy, and they're still not letting you bring stuff in. That's all about money. And they're going to never open that up again, are they? Yeah, I, I don't know. If it was a COVID restriction, then when the masks go away, when full occupancy comes back, which we've passed those milestones, yeah, and it should have been you can bring back in your food. And I, I don't know what the rule is. I don't know if they changed the rule. I, I don't know. I mean, because that had to do with, like, bags, right, I guess, and not wanting to check bags. No. No, 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 no. I don't know what it was about because who carried bags in? You'd buy a hot dog on the street and you walk in with your hands with the hot dog in your hands. Maybe you have a clear Subway bag or Wawa bag or Royal yeah. Farms bag. Uh, yeah, I never understood the rule to begin with. It, it doesn't make any sense. And the Orioles need to reinstate that immediately, especially after the mess you guys had to deal with on Saturday because I'm sure it was horrible. It was, yeah, and anyone was there can attest to just it was and maybe i went at a bad time but i tried like two separate times and i wasn't gonna do it but you know my son really wanted to eat and i was like right. crap um i don't know uh and so i i had to feed the kid um, they... dad dad it's funny dad refused he went to like the i don't know like the team store or another like merchandise yeah. store and they sell i guess ice cream in one of the merchandise stores like you know just package <laughs> pre-packaged ice cream yeah. so that's that that's what he had for dinner because okay. he didn't want to wait in a long line that that's his way to uh um, what is it? Hack the system. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or a form of protest. Yeah. And that's his Oriole hack to give the Orioles money in a different location. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, good for the Orioles. I guess they made a ton of money on Saturday night. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Just in time. Good, they, uh, then announced, I guess it didn't go into effect. They're smart. It didn't go into effect until next week where they do the, uh, spend $40 and you get, uh, all the games you can come to for standing room only. Yeah. That's a cool promotion too. Yeah, um, so and it was cool. Definitely it, some hidden things, so read, read the fine print, but it's yeah. a cool promotion. Yeah, it was cool to see even, like, the up-top bar, which has previously been closed. That was open. The standing room. Oh, they, the center field um, bar was open? Yeah, that was open. Standing room's uh, open? Uh, yeah, standing room's open. Everything was, you, all that, okay. you know, the Utah Street, everything was open. Um, and it was, and I, I talked about it after the game on Saturday, just the energy level was so high. And, of course, the Warriors played well, and they won. Right. But it was, like, it had this just high energy um, and it was, you know, not your typical Orioles game. And it was just really fun too. Cause I've been going to several and I went to, I went to the Damarva Sherbert with Shorebirds on Friday. I didn't get a bobblehead, even though I was supposed to, I got a voucher for a bobblehead. Did you get two vouchers? I did get two vouchers. There you go. All right. Now you got to drive all the way back to Damarva, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, it was just the difference. Like I like the minor league games, but there's something about a major league you know, stadium full of oh, people. That's just the energy. It was just, it was a lot of fun on Saturday night. Yeah, no, it's, that's what we, uh, that's what you want. And yeah. that's cool. And I got a Jim Palmer bobblehead. Yeah. And Which, COVID. Yeah, possibly, possibly, but I'm vaccinated. So my symptoms will be mild. That's what they exactly. tell me. Right. 
All right. Um, other stuff you we want to get to. Santander, yeah. Right. Yeah. Santander out this week. Well, is that yeah rumored? We there's no way to know. Oh, I thought they came out and said he and another person are in COVID protocol. Right, but that could also be for a flu, right? That could be he was just exposed to someone or he just had a cough or anything else. It doesn't mean. Gotcha. Uh, Gotcha. All right. But the guy out there taking some of his um, at-bats is a guy, your new favorite player, Josh, or maybe he was always your favorite player, Ryan McKenna. I've been saying since McKenna came up that I see something in McKenna. I like McKenna. I thought at the beginning of the season, I said many times, I thought they brought McKenna up too early, but that he's learning at the big league level. And I think we're seeing it really start to come together now this week. Well, Ryan McKenna is so interesting, Josh, because you're right. They brought him up too early. Like, he had no time at Norfolk. It's not like he had, like, this amazing blow-up year at Bowie either the year before. They just needed him, and they brought him up for his speed. Yeah, but there's other guys like Jamai Jones – who they've been so deliberately slow with. Yes. Even other guys, like we mentioned, Adley Rutschman, where they're not moving guys up to next level. These prospects are being so deliberately slow with. And yet Ryan McKenna is a case where they, like, they, they don't care about bullpen arms, like these veteran bullpen arms. And they almost treat Ryan McKenna like this veteran bullpen arm, where we, we don't care about the development. We just want him up here. Um, and maybe that's because they know even if offensively he contributes nothing, they can still use him for his his glove and his speed and base right. running, all that jazz. Or but it's, it's interesting how they've done Ryan McKenna. It feels different than some of the other position player prospects. Right. Or it's how they watched McKenna at Project Bowie last year and maybe saw some some stuff there where they, they thought they could use him. Because he's clearly – I mean, he's he's not lost on this team – He's not a huge batting average guy, but he's not lost. He's contributing. Oh, yeah. Had a huge game on Sunday with the home run. And then um, I don't know who else scores from third on that final play um, on Sunday when Ryan McKenna scored from third. I don't know I, who else sc- scores on that. I don't, know McKenna. I don't know how McKenna scored on that. It was a hard hit ball to third base. Yeah. Right? That's I, the shortest I, throw across you know, the home. He threw it straight home. It was a fast reaction. It was a bang-bang play at home. Um when McKenna took off, I thought he was screwed. Yeah, I, I did like, too. Oh, I did too. I was like, this is going to hit the ball. This it's is a disaster. Be a double play. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, no, it was awesome. Um, right now, if you had to pick, who's your fourth outfielder? McKenna or DJ Stewart? You're going to go McKenna, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's interesting. You're starting to see some future. DJ, you're kind of run, running, running off. I mean, right I- off. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen, Josh, to be honest, and, and maybe we're at different points here, I've seen nothing at the plate that tells me Ryan McKenna is going to be a consistent major league outfielder. Like at the plate, he's batting 173. Like there's oh, no yeah, getting right. around that. I agree. Now he got a home run this weekend. He did get a home run, but still you look at the last seven games, 17 at bats, three hits. I agree. Um, and it's so that's hard, not what you want to argue against that, but and I, I still like the kid. Also in the last week, eight strikeouts, zero walks. That's not yeah. what you want to see either, but that's also probably because he's in the majors too early. Right. Um, We brought him up so early that the bat is going to be the last thing to come around. Yeah, that's fine. And he didn't play any last year. He was just in in kind of, I mean, he was at the alternate site, but didn't play in any leagues last year. And he's kind of last time he played was in Bowie the year before that. And so it's, it's a jump for him and having not played last year, like all those are things are true. I just, for me, 
I think he's still a big question mark. Um, like I don't, I don't know. Like, is he? If you we talk about this all the time, is he part of your twenty twenty three World Series team? Is he your fourth outfitter there? Maybe, and um, maybe not. But but like maybe when Colton Cowser comes and Hurston Heston Kirstock comes, um, like maybe there'll be no more room for Ryan McCann. Like, I I just don't know what his future here is. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm it, to, to me, he's very much a question mark, but yes, at this point, I love DJ Stewart. I'm a DJ Stewart guy, but at this point, I'd rather see Ryan McKenna in the outfield than, D, than DJ Stewart. Right. Cause you're thinking about the future and you're right. We don't know what McKenna's bat is going to be like in the future, but he's young. He's got speed. He's exciting defensively and really on the base paths. So he's, yeah. he brings something different to this team. Oh, absolutely. There's not a ton of speed on this team. And so I think there's not a lot of slow players, but there's also not, not a lot of speedsters yes. outside of Cedric Mullins. And so you, you team him up with Cedric Mullins. You can do more things, whether it's the defense replacement at the end. And goodness knows if you have Mountcastle or Stewart in the outfield, you need a guy who can be a defensive replacement late in the game um, or you need a pinch runner um, late in the game. But you see, like speed on the base pass um, can be the difference between a win and a loss. It was the case on Sunday, and that's the case often. Um, so yeah, he's definitely worth a long look. And so I hope he plays in a bunch of games here at the end of the year. Um, I'm curious to see next year. I would imagine next year he's in line for that fourth outfit spot as well. Yeah. And McKenna, it's, uh, yeah, just making sure this article is recent. McKenna is 25th of the Orioles top prospects. So it's not horrible. It means they still expect good things out of him. Right, but we there's a lot, a, lot of outfield, of, a lot of outfielders over him. Yeah, I think a lot of times we focus on those top 10 guys. Yeah. But 25th is not uh, – it's not Norfolk material. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, yeah, and, 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 and I, I don't know. I think he's a, he's a guy where it all depends on his hit tool because the yes. fielding's there, the base running's there. So can he hit for 250? If he can hit for 250, he can be a really good fourth outfielder. If he can hit for 270, 280, he can be an everyday outfielder, right? So we, we just got to kind of wait and see uh, with him. But, I'm, I mean, he's, he's only 24 still, so certainly you, you want to see him play every day. And he's a special place in my heart because um, he was the first player that my son Silas got an autograph. We met him down in downtown Annapolis for when they used to do that caravan, the caravan thing, which I hope they bring back next year, ne- next offseason. Um, but he, he met Ryan McKenna. We met Ryan McKenna and got his autograph. So I, I love Ryan McKenna. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So Hope yeah. yeah, hopefully he plays more. And I'm like, he's the kind of, for me, a wait and see guy, a wait and see. Yeah. Just uh, says McKenna reminds him of a Craig Gentry type guy, but a younger version. Yeah. Which I guess would fit into that fourth outfield defensive replacement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not my favorite fourth outfielder. My favorite fourth outfielder for the Warriors of all time is Andy Chavez. Yeah, just because yeah, he had that, that great song. Yes. I don't have it ready. Yeah. But correct. We're talking about fourth outfielders and you didn't have the Andy Chavez song ready? No, I'll Thank have it for you, you next week. Thank you. you maybe can anyone, uh, any of our listeners musically, I'd like musically talented. I would like an updated version, but it would say Ryan McKenna. Yeah. You can squeeze that name into there. Um, other, I don't know, other thoughts on the, on the way the Orioles are recently playing. Yeah. Matt Harvey. You got the, you you went to that game Saturday. You talked all about the concessions, but not the fact that you saw Matt Harvey pitch one of his best games of the year. Yeah, yeah he pitched well, who, well. 
back to back, back to back great starts. Yeah. Uh, not giving any runs his last two two starts. Just Which really he, impressive. He hasn't pitched in great in back to back spots since maybe the beginning of the season. When he first came out, he pitched okay for a couple, but it's been like every time we'd write him off, he'd pitch a decent game, and then he'd go back to crap. So to see two in a row is is uh, exciting. I guess is it too late? Is it, because the whole point of Matt Harvey pitching well is to trade him. Yeah. Is it too late to trade him? I hope so. I hope so because if we trade him, I don't know how I'm going to get to my sixty-three and a half number. Because that means we're going to replace Matt Harvey yeah. with Keegan Aiken. Yeah, it's Keegan Aiken or Dean Kramer. <laughs> or Tom Eshelman. Or and so, uh, Zach Lothar. I, so I hope we don't trade him just so I can get to my 63.5 number. But, yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question because I was looking – I was reading some articles today about the trade deadline. And it seems like everyone's looking for starting pitching, right? Yeah. We've seen some starting pitchers go out. We've seen some starting pitchers abuse people and therefore get kicked off their team. We've right. seen a lot of stuff happen. <laughs> and so – there's the need there is for starting pitchers. Yes. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't have any really good ones. Our best, of course, is John Means, who's coming right. up injury and still uh, under control for several years. Um, so it seems like the most likely to be traded could be a Matt Harvey. But How well, much do you believe in two starts versus right. the previous 15 starts is the question. And, and Harvey's not going to get you much, if anything. No. No. He's not going to get you anyone on your top prospects. No, he's going to get you a 17-year-old um, Dominican player that Michael Elias saw sometime. All right, maybe we can do a uh, player to be termed later, kind of steal this from the NFL, where you get a player ranking based on how well he pitches the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, like the NFL draft, you get a higher pick if your player uh, that you lost plays better. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know how those trades work. How player to be determined later? Yeah, like is it can you link in some type of performance incentive onto that right. trade well, chip? Like, I don't know. Right. Well, the player doesn't need to worry about that, but you when you trade them you say, "Hey, if Matt Harvey gets you six wins, we want a top whatever prospect." Yeah, or pitches so many innings. Yeah. 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 If, he, if he pitches like we all expect, uh, we'll just take the bottom of your of your Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if I was another team and, and I needed, like, a fifth starter, um, I think I could take it based on his track record and based on his – he's still throwing 94, 95. Right. I mean, I think if I was another GM and I would give up nothing for him, right, not one of my top 30 prospects, just, right. some, just some kid, um, no offense to that kid, but just give up some kid, like, I think I would do it. Oh, and totally. So, and so I think it's possible that he does it. On the other hand, what is ERA is so close to seven? Like it's, uh, you could also see why teams would not. I mean, it's not like he's striking a bunch of guys out either, right? Like he's not, his stuff doesn't look, he's getting weak contact. Um, but like in the start the other day, he had four strikeouts in six innings. So it's not like his stuff is dominant. But yeah. Yeah. I, if I was on the GM watching Matt Harvey, I think I would would trade for him. Um, it also like, and it's weird too, because his, just the competition we've been playing recently, like, and we can get into the different players, but like our stock um, for a lot of our kind of bubble guys who could be traded, these stock, these stock, the, the stock of these players on the rise. And it helps that Matt Harvey's last two starts were against the Royals. Not, not a 
great offense, and, and, and the Nats, who've been struggling a bit, and they're getting ready to, to do a sell-off too. Right. Um, so I think it, it's benefited Matt Harvey that he's not playing the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Rays. Oh, totally. Um, oh. And it benefits some of our other players as well. No, and that's what I was saying weeks ago, where we have a re- we had a really tough schedule for the first half. So yeah, it definitely is helps out everyone for yeah. the lesser teams. Like we yeah. got we got the Marlins and then the Tigers this week, so that's way better than any AL East team. Yeah, yeah, and so this is, and we looked at it. We talked about it last week or the week before. This is a soft point in our schedule, and and we're playing well, and and it just it goes back to you've talked about it before, Josh. The the balance of schedule is just, it's just brutal that it's here's the main thing that's unfair about the schedule. And I've said this before. I'll say it a thousand times is that the Orioles never get to play the Orioles. And that makes their schedule completely unfair because everyone else gets to play us, but we don't get to play ourselves. It's not rageous. It's, it's an atrocity. We should be able to play ourselves every now and then to get some wins. But, but the fact that we have to go against the blue Jays and the Yankees and the Rays over and over again is brutal. And these other teams don't have to do it. Like the other, right. like we, every team in our divisions besides us is really good. And, and, and that's the only division really that's like that in baseball. And so our record would be a lot better. I mean, we want to be a playoff team, but our record would be better if we played in the NL East or if we played <laughs> in, any you know, division. in any other division, really, maybe anyway. not the NL West. But in any other division besides the NL West, yeah, I think a lot our, of travel for that NL West that wouldn't be good. Well, yeah, and the Giants somehow have the best record in baseball. Yeah, stupid. Yeah, but you're right. The NL East, uh, who knows? NL East, we get hot. We could win the uh, World Series. Yeah, but the other thing about Matt Harvey is it's the the point is, on the one hand, yes, obviously everybody wants to trade him because yes. you don't have that many trade chips, and you get anybody back from he's on a one year deal, whatever. The, the other hand, though, is, like, it's it's not nothing that you're going to replace him with either Keegan Aiken or Tom Eshelman or Dean Kramer. Like, <laughs> right. seriously, like, that's something. Right. And and but, yeah, I don't know if the Orioles want to watch Dean Kramer pitch. I don't know if they want to watch. Well, like, I I mean, I think I, there is rather, something to say someone who is competent there to throw innings. I think there's something to that argument. There is. But there's also something to I want to see them in September. September of this year before I pencil them in for next year. And I mean, I, no, I mean, I don't want to see Dean Kramer or Keegan Aiken or Tom Eshelman. I, I, I know. Okay. I mean, I think Dean Kramer can do, but all can work guys, on control in, in, in Norfolk. He doesn't even mean the Orioles to do that, but they're going to be, these are the same guys that are going to get the spring invites and they're going to talk about for the rotation next year. I hope not for how much longer, Josh. I, one more year, I think. Uh, yeah, but I mean, so, our rotation next year needs to be addressed big time. Totally. Um, and they I need and to sign a veteran president. Here's veteran my concern, pitcher, Josh. Not a one-year deal. A three-year deal. And my concern is, Josh, the way Spencer Watkins is pitching. Yeah. They're going to say, oh, well, good enough. we got Spencer Watkins coming John, back. Right. John means Spencer just Watkins. Like, just like Dean Kramer was good last year. Oh, it's Spencer. And then all of a sudden, guys with no track records who have one good year – then have a year of regression, which happens all yeah. the time um, because, you know, they haven't proven it year and you, you just don't know. And, and the, right. the leagues adjust. And so Spencer Watkins, maybe he's going to be a good pitcher, maybe not, but like you can't count on him next year being one of your five guys. I don't think. Right. And that's not saying anything bad about Spencer Watkins. Right. It's just saying, let's not crown these guys too early. Right. 
and and you're right. The only answer is and 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 bringing in Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey is not the answer either. Right. Guys who have kind of lost it in their career, and you're you're trying to just kind of be good for a single season, veteran guys. That's not the answer either. Obviously, just look at this year. Um, and so right. there's going to be some interesting. I mean, and we're not even talking about being competitive. I mean, we're just talking about or, or, or making the playoffs or being 500. Just like fielding a competitive team that's not embarrassing. You, you need better starting pitching. Though, again, this is awkward to have this conversation now because the past week or since the All Star break. Our pitching's a lot better. We got guys throwing right. into the sixth inning. So right, but that's where you come back to the since you have to not since you took a break from playing the AL East, you've looked better. Yeah, and you have John Means back, which helps. Right, because sure. not only this is the big thing. Like this is where I'm excited about. Um, Freddie Galvis comes back next week or this week or next week, yep. and it's a huge upgrade because you're going to replace Freddie Galvis, and who's going to be removed? Um, Urias, who's playing short, will, will get moved, I assume, to second or third, and, and you'll take out a Lebia or a Valeka. And so you're replacing someone really bad with someone decent. So it's like a bigger upgrade because of who they're replacing. And that's why I think the deal is with like Spencer Watkins. Like it's not just a Spencer Watkins or John Means, right? It's not just that John Means is good. He's also replacing someone who's absolutely atrocious. So it just makes everything so much better when you can take a good player to replace an atrocious player, right. which is also going to be so exciting when Adley Rutschman comes because your team will be that much better because you're not just replacing like an average ma- ma- major leaguer or a good major leaguer. You're replacing a really bad player with a good player. Right. So Watkins has had three starts and he faced Toronto. Good team. Faced, so good team. Good then offense. He, yeah. Then he faced the White Sox and then he pa- faced great offense. And then he faced Tampa Bay. That's that's so it, murderer's row right there. That's what I'm saying. It kind of he gave up three runs over uh, 16.1 innings. Yep, has a 1.65 ERA, two and right. up. So that's I'm not ready to crown Watkins, but he wasn't playing trash. And on, and tomorrow he's pitching against the Marlins. Right. So he should be doing pretty good. So he should be yeah he should dominate. Yeah, he should be able to go nine innings. Yeah, and 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 Lopez. Is pitching the second game in Miami. He might even be able to go five innings. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see what Lopez does. Uh, Marlins are definitely in the midst of that rebuild as, as yeah. far as us. They're apparently slightly ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. They they have I think more closer at major league ready players. Um, they've got that, the that we had East advantage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but they're also kind of you know, a struggling team in rebuild. They are. Um, A couple more. If we're talking about trade deadline here. um, So Matt Harvey gets traded, Josh, if you were to put a percentage on it, this is trade deadline week. Matt Harvey gets traded. What percentage chance do you think Matt Harvey gets traded? What would you put that at? Uh, When's the deadline? I don't know. It's this week, right? Is it Friday, Saturday? Yeah, I think it's like the 30th or 31st. It's the 30th, yeah. Yeah. So that's one more start for Matt Harvey. He'll get one more start. I think on. I think he gets. He'll get a start like on Friday, maybe like on trade deadline day. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Orioles might want to bump him up to pitch on Thursday. Uh, I'm going to say a forty percent chance Matt Harvey gets traded. Hmm. What are you saying? So I'm going to say more likely he's not going to get traded. 
Yeah, I just looked it up. Actually, it's interesting. This year, it's Friday the 30th. Normally, it's the 31st. Um, but it says the league pushed the deadline up to prevent coinciding with day games, I guess, on the 31st, okay. which was a sat- which is a Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, so, in other words, all the GMs want Saturday off. They want their weekend off. Yeah. So, and if he start, I don't know if he's going to start Thursday or Friday. Well, either, uh, he pitched Saturday, so Sunday. And it'd be against the Tigers. Oh, yeah, he's on pace for Saturday. When did, when did he last pitch? Saturday. So I'll pitch Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, th- Thursday. What? No, because Monday was an off day. Okay, okay, yeah, but yeah, but so you're not. I guess Tuesday, if you want to. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Corey Lopez is pitching on Wednesday. And Watkins is pitching on Tuesday. Yeah. So that means Thursday you're going to put. Uh, no, he'll, he'll pitch on normal five days rest. Who, who, what, what, are you going to skip Eshelman or, or someone, whatever? You, you'll, you'll skip some, a bum that'll have him pitch on, fifth day, on five days rest. He'll pitch Thursday or Friday. <laughs> okay. All right. When's Means pitching? I don't know if, um, I don't know. Who cares? Why? Why? Is, is he going to be your next trade deadline guy? Yes. Yes. These are the no. guys. No, John Means is not a guy. No, John Means isn't going anywhere. There's zero okay. percent chance. That there's even any serious right. talks about trading John Means. All right, all right. So if he's trading, I'll be on, shocked. All right, so he's going to pitch Thursday. We're going to say against the Tigers. Thursday or Friday. Either way, it's against the Tigers. Yeah. All right. He's going to he's going to look good against the Tigers. The Tigers aren't a great team. No, they're a bad team. Uh, so I'm going to bump that up to fifty percent. Oh, you think fifty percent chance? Fifty percent chance. All right. I'll put it at twenty five percent. Okay. All right, I think I it's unlikely, but it's uh, very possible. Yeah, if you wanted me to pick a side, I would go forty-nine percent. But yeah, but yeah, I'm going to put it right down the middle. Could go either way. All right, trade deadline talk. Who who do you want to talk about next? John means zero percent. Who who's next? All right. Uh, who do you think is the most likely guy to be traded? Um, Paul Fry. Yes. Paul Fry and Tanner Scott. Really? I see so many people mention the name of Tanner Scott. I don't understand. Yeah. Why you would trade Tanner Scott? I don't get because that he's, one. He's got power and he's got potential. Right. That's why you would keep Tanner Scott. Now, why would you trade him? Because he's got power and he's got potential. No. Because Michael Elias needs to make moves. Uh, Tanner Scott uh, hasn't really blossomed yet here entirely. So there's still uh, there's still plenty of opportunity for another team to to push him a little further. Okay. I think that's I think that's silly. Um, I think what's it? I back up. What's your percentage for Paul Fry? Uh, I think it's 95%. Yeah. I wrote down 100% for Paul Fry. Yeah. I mean, you just, and, and Paul Fry has benefited too from just being great. Um, the past cut, cut, cut couple of weeks, he's a guy who's pitched really well lately and there was some struggle in the middle of the season, but now he's pitching well again. He's a lefty people like lefties. Um, everyone needs a little lefty bullpen arm help. Um, if you look at his last seven games, 2.35 ERA, seven in his pitch with 12 strikeouts, a whip of 0.65, just really impressive. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I think he's pitching really well at the right time. I, I think it's, I don't, I don't know what we'll get back for him, but I think it's very likely he's traded. Yeah. And also I'll say for all these guys, it's exciting for any of them to be traded because you're leaving a crappy team and going to a contender. That's exciting for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose. I think it's one of those things where it's tough 
when you've been playing on the same team for a while and you know everybody, then you go to a place where you don't know anybody. But yeah, um, it I, I, I do think players, you know, would like to play for a competitive team. Um, right. Though, though, I would say ninety-five. I mean, Paul Fry is also another guy where it's not like he's a free agent next year. Um, he just becomes arbitration eligible next year, so it's not like you need to trade him because. Um, he, you're going to lose them. You're not going to lose them. You'll have to pay him a little bit more next year. So that's the reason to trade him. And I think just because there's no one else, <laughs> the attention goes on him. Uh, right. And so that's why I think 95. But you don't have to. Like he, he's not walking at the end of the year. Like you can keep him. Um, and you don't have a lot of great bullpen arms, you know. So he, there's a reason to keep him. But yeah, it's. I think it's likely he's gone. All right. What's your percentage on Tanner Scott? I'm giving Tanner Scott sixty percent chance. Um, I mean Tanner Scott is is similar as far as contract to Paul Fry. He won't be a free agent to 2025, but you'll have to start paying him arbitration next year, so it'll get more expensive. I mean, I don't think Josh, you mentioned potential. No one's, no playoff contending team. You're right. He's trading for a bullpen arm for potential. Like they want someone who can help right now. Correct. You're right. But if you look at the numbers, I mean, 40 innings pitched, 59 strikeouts. That shows you two things. It shows you he's durable because he's thrown 40 innings, which is a lot of innings to throw uh, as as a bullpen guy. Um, And 59 strikeouts is really good. His ERA, 3.12, is good. And he's a lefty, and he can throw 99 miles per hour. Um, he he's not going to be your closer. I don't think you're trading him as your closer, but he could be a, an excellent bullpen arm. I mean, I just think the Orioles view him as a future dominant closer. He's only 27, so I think it's unlikely just because um, I think the Orioles want him to be part of the future. Um, All right. So, uh, All right. oh, percentage. I would put the percentage at um, I don't know, like 15 percent chance he gets traded. And what's your percent? 60. Okay. Because I don't think they have much uh, else out there besides Paul Fry. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly other teams would be interested in him. Um, but no, no doubt. He's a little bit younger than Paul Fry. He's got kind of more electric stuff. Um, and his, right. I mean, his numbers are a little bit better this year. All right. So who do you want to discuss next? Um. Uh, Cedric Mullins. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I think Cedric Mullins, I would be shocked if teams are not calling to ask about Cedric Mullins. There's need for outfielder. A center he's, fielder. Yeah. yeah. He's, you can put him in any of the positions, but there's right. need for what he can do. Yeah. So I imagine people are calling for him. Yeah. I imagine the Orioles do not want to trade him unless they get something really, really good. But as we've talked about on previous episodes, we have options if Cedric Mullins leaves. So I am going with uh, 30% chance. Because, again, with the need and many teams needing outfielders, we could perhaps get overwhelmed with an offer for Mullins. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone knows the numbers. He's having uh, an all-star year. He's having one of the best years ever um, for an Orioles outfielder. Um, he's having just a an amazing year, right? Talk about trading guy at the peak of his kind of performance. 
His earliest arbitration year is 2023, so he's making no money this year. He'll make no money next year. Um, he's not a free agent until 2026, right? So he's still under your team for five more years. Um, so all that being said, the offer would have to be amazing. It would have to be kind of this blow-away offer um, to to lose Cedric Mullins. And, I mean, I, I don't think – especially because he's only done this for one year. I don't think any team is going to blow away the Orioles door because you don't know, is he going to regress next year? But then Michael Elias could say, yeah, like, I don't know if it's, he could regress next year too. So let me trade him while I can still get some value for him, some real value for him. Um, so I don't know. I guess I would put the percent Josh of him being traded at 1%. No, I don't know. I'll go back between it. I would say less than 1%. Okay. You're going real low with that. Yes. All right, so less than one percent, rounding up or rounding down. Yeah, let's let's call it a point point four nine, so we can round oh, down, round so, down to zero. So I'm giving you a zero percent for Cedric Mullins. Yeah, okay, we'll call it zero percent. All right, let's talk about everyone's favorite person to discuss at the trade deadline. Did you give a percent for Cedric Mullins? Yeah, thirty five percent. Okay, hey, no, thirty percent. Thirty percent. Yeah, that's 30%. pretty high. Hey, also, can I just say another guy who I think is going to be traded? Yeah, I mean, we got another big name to talk about. This is not a big name. All right, well, don't say it yet. This is a really small name. I know, but let's talk about the big name, and then we're each going to make a, a random pick. Okay, A guy that we haven't talked about that we think might be traded. All right, go ahead. All right. I wrote 35% down for Mr. Trey Mancini mm. because he's older, because uh, we've talked about it. We did the Jelly Bean Show. Go back into the Jelly Bean Show, and you'll get all your answers on why you should or shouldn't trade Trey Mancini. Uh, I think Trey Mancini has been impressive, especially uh, second half or mid mid season. He's really stepped up, looked good at the Homer Derby. I think that got took his story nationally. I don't think you get a huge thing for him. But I also see Ryan Mountcastle as your future first baseman. I see your future outfield coming together. And you kind of don't have a place for uh, Trey Mancini in your future, as good as a guy as he is. So what percentage did did, did you put? 35. Mm. Yeah. I would have probably said, if you asked me this a week ago, a week ago, um, I would have said about 30%. But the past week... Trey Mancini has been in fuego. Um, yeah. the, pa- the past week, he's batting 393, an OBP of 433. He has a couple of dongs um, in the last uh, um, in the last couple in the last week. He has two home runs, batting 393, 433 on oh, 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 base percentage. Um, he's just playing really. He's hitting the ball really hard. He's just crushing balls. He's playing really good baseball. And so I think just the way that I mean, teams like you know players who are hot. We saw. My favorite example, Jonathan Scope, who's doing it again this year, getting super hot at the trade deadline and then trying to trade him. So um, I think it's higher now just because he's playing so well. Where before he was batting like 250, you know, I mean, his average is up to 266, has 18 home runs this year so far. Right. And you could easily make the argument that it was expected for him to do this as he's getting back into baseball shape. Yeah, and that he's going to perform as an over 300 hitter and hit a bunch of home runs the second half of the season. True. so I, I'm, right now, I put the percentage at. I still think it's a better chance he's not traded 
but I think it's possible. I'm going to put it at 45% he's traded. All right. I think that's the first one that you've picked higher than me as yeah. far as the percentage. But you're right. I believe uh, there's a higher chance of him being traded than Cedric Mullins. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Mike Elias, I don't know. He's a little bit hard to read. He seems like a very kind of like analytical, obviously, but like objective, like not – like what's better for my team? Like, I'm, right. and we're in the talent acquisition phase. We're not in the good story phase, the rebuild. Right. We're in the talent acquisition phase, and, right. and and Trey Mancini will net more talent than any of the other guys we talked about. Well, not Cedric Mullins, John Means, but, but yes, but a guy uh, with an expiring contract and, yeah. and a veteran, all those factors. Right. Um, the jelly beans. We, we we've been there. Yeah. No. Totally. I, I agree with that, because um, yeah, you're right. The feel-good story does not. There's no uh, line in Excel to calculate that. Yeah, yeah. And if you have a chance to get, let's say you can get, you know, I don't know, two top 100 guys or two guys that Michael Elias views as top 200 guys. Right. Yeah. And, it, and if you really want know. to be cold about it, you could say the Orioles have already made enough money off the feel-good story. They've they've already peaked it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like unless they're going to be unless next year they're giving away the the Trey Mancini uh, strikeout cancer bobblehead, which yeah. I don't know why they didn't have that this year. I, I think you're running out of opportunities to cash in on the cancer. Well, and yeah, I mean the other question is like how many. Like, what impact will that have on numbers of fans and stuff and fan base? Um, and you, who cares? You already lost all those. Yeah, they're, most of them are already gone. Like those people are already gone. Yeah. And so, yeah, you have a bunch of people complaining on Twitter about it. And I will, right. too. I'll be the first to complain, too, especially if we don't get back a huge package. I'll be the first to complain. Um, but, but I'm also going to forget in 2023 when I'm in the World Series. I'm going to forgive Mike Elias for <laughs> this transgression. Like, this is why he makes the big money, right? To make these. This is a really tough decision. Yep. Um, and so this is why he makes the big bucks. All right. So you got a random Oriole that you think might uh, might get traded. Yeah. All right. Who's your guy? Uh, my guy is a guy who's been under the radar in the bullpen, but have been super effective this year, even though no one talks about him. People don't like him because he had one bad outing as a closer. Um, but I think the guy likely to be traded because everyone needs bullpen help is Cole Saucer. Yeah. Oh, Cole Saucer. Okay. Yeah. You would think I was going with Dylan Tate or someone? No, I thought you might go with Mr. Deadfish. Oh, no. I don't think anybody wants that. this. No, I think Cole, Cole Saucer has his stuff is good enough. His numbers are good enough. Or people would just take a look at the stuff and numbers and say, yeah. I mean, if you look at his, his ERA this year is 2.97, um, which is pretty good. 49 strikeouts and 36 innings pitched. Um, so I think people will take a look at that and say, yeah, yeah, like this guy could help our bullpen. Um, and the Orioles have no reason to hold on to him after, you know, they have no reason to hold on to him. So I, I think it's possible. And not, not a big return. But I think it's likely, I would put it at, you know, 70%, 75% that Cole Saucer is traded. Gotcha. Uh, Who's your surprise I, guy? My surprise guy is Ramon Urias, a guy who's been playing decent recently, second baseman, low infielder. If you're looking for a utility guy that you can get cheap to add to your bench, I think Ramon Urias might be the guy. Hmm. 
So I'm not putting a high percentage in there, but that's kind of my dark horse pick. Yeah, that could be interesting. And I don't know how Freddie Galvis works. If anyone can trade for Freddie Galvis, he's injured, but right. he's supposed to come back this week. If he like is, I I don't think you can trade when they're on the IL. At right. least you if this follows the ball. rules of MLB The Show, you cannot trade guys when they're IL. Um, but maybe the day comes off, you you can swing a trade. But then again, you haven't seen him play, so I don't know if that would work. Um, but there's a chance that Freddie Galvis could be traded. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That that's gonna be a tricky one too. Yeah, you're right. And um, in the chat that DJ Stewart's mentioned. Yeah, that's I an interesting name. That's possible. I just don't know what people would give up for DJ Stewart. Well, nothing, but I think a team might see the potential. I mean, we saw some articles written about him in the offseason where he has this OBP numbers, and he's shown this these power numbers. And so maybe a team can think, oh, we can capitalize on that. Um, I think that's actually a pretty good pick. It looks like Freddie Galvis is going to go – on rehab assignment this week and back right. in the majors next week. Uh, so but, I might miss that coming uh, off the injured list. I don't know. I think they can still trade him if he's on rehab. Hmm. I'm not sure true. how that works. I'm trying to look up and see. But my phone's not cooperating. Yeah, um, but, but you hope, but you hope, you hope Michael Elias can make some moves. I see in the chat too, they mentioned the, the getting a, a nice three player deal for Mancini is similar to Bundy deal and not getting a top 100 guy. And yeah, I, I think that's, that's more realistic. And that's also why I would be hesitant on the one hand, hesitant to pull that trigger on the other hand, though, you look at the Bundy trade right now, you look how well Bradish uh, and Bronovich are pitching and you think, Oh man, like, like these, these, like, I mean, Michael Elias seems to be really good at identifying talent that maybe aren't top prospects, but identifying talent he can develop. So you think, man, you want Elias to have as many trade chips as possible to kind of pull the trigger on some of these prospects that he seems to be really good at identifying, at least thus far. We haven't seen it play out in the majors yet, but thus far, Michael Elias seems to have a knack for identifying these prospect talents um, that might not be highly ranked, even in their own team system, um, but bringing them over and developing them. Right. So it's it's unfortunate that there's not more trade chips, right? Correct. Like Correct. you almost wish Mike Elias was here. I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, talk bad about Dan Duquette, my man, who let who let 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 us into oh. the playoffs multiple oh, times. Right. I don't want to talk bad about him. But um, you almost wish Mike Elias could could could, could have been here when we had the big sell off of yes. you know the Britain Machado the Gossip and all that stuff. All right, but we're going to talk about that because we've been promising this bonus episode. Yes, it's happening. Yes. We didn't record it's it while we were in the banks, focused on some family time. So we're going to record it probably tomorrow and get it out later this week. Yes, I have all my notes ready. It's yeah. coming out. And spoiler alert, it's not pretty. It will come out uh, in time for the trade deadline, probably Friday to match your trade deadline talk. Yeah. Um, all right. The Orioles also must have really liked that crowd on Saturday night because they just sent out an email that they're doing a ticket sale for Saturday, August 7th. For the next two days, if you go buy tickets for the Saturday, August 7th, which is another bobblehead giveaway day, so it's the Orioles bird bobblehead uh, mascot giveaway. It's the induction of J.J. Hardy, Mike Devereaux, Joe Angel, and Mo Gabba into the Hall of Fame. So that you're adding those two things together, plus they are doing a two tickets for twelve dollars sale to go see the Rays. So you get tickets for six bucks a piece for the That's... Rays August seventh uh, game. So they're trying 
to pack the crowd just like they did this past uh, Saturday. Well, that's cheaper than a Marley game. Shoot. Yeah, so that's great. That's great they're doing the sales. They should continue to do those. I don't know why they don't do those more. More teams don't do that. No. Whatever. Give away the tickets. Get people, get people's families right. in the seats. It, right. It shouldn't be for August 7th. They should send another e- – they should have sent an email this afternoon or yesterday saying, hey, Marlins are in town. The Marlins suck. Come cheer on the Marlins five bucks a piece. And do whatever you can to pack the crowd. Josh is Josh – is... Hatred of the Orioles PR. Even when they do something oh, good, Josh finds a way to 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 to, to no. criticize. Even when they do something well, well, they should have done it for the Marlins, not oh, Josh. Yeah. No, I get it. it's good, and they need to do more of these. But, is what yeah, I'd yeah. Say. yeah, yeah. The forty dollar all, right. all you can stand is a good promotion. Now, right. read the fine print because they auto renew you for October if you're selected in September or something, or August they auto renew you for September. So you got to keep an eye out on that, but it's a good deal. Oh, the auto renew. Ah, the auto renew yeah. gets me all the time. Yeah, of course. Um, all right. Do you, do you got anything else you want to go to? So I'm, I'm just, to be honest, we're just yapping about the trade deadline talk. I'm just trying to fill up 50 minutes before I can ask you about, you know, the PlayStation update. <laughs> I'm just kind of filling the, filling the time. Cause that's, this is what I really, I'm doing this whole podcast just so I can ask you. I know we get messages over about the PlayStation the, update. Uh, then the ball bag questions that come in are always about the PlayStation update. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, so I, I don't, we, I mean, we don't even need to, need to do a ball four segment tonight. Let's just get a PlayStation update. A PlayStation update. Yeah. So I, I, I sent a text to the guy on Friday morning saying, Hey, I'm leaving the outer banks. I'll be home like midnight. So I'll get the games from you on Saturday morning. Sounds good because he's told me that he was picking them up on Thursday night and I didn't even question him on Friday, even though I knew he didn't get them. So then Saturday comes, I text him. He goes, I'm on it. Then I, uh, nothing, nothing. Then, uh, then I go over and help him install a ceiling fan. Because hold up, problem. hold up. You help this yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of right. comments on, I could make. I'm just going to let it go. Okay. You help the man. Right. You help this you then, swindler, this snake oil salesman. You help him install the ceiling fan. Okay. Okay. Good for you, Josh. All right. He then Better man than me. me. He then tells me they're coming today, as in Saturday. Yeah. It's all good. I, I hope then you sabotage go, that fan. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Better. I then go over to his house again. Saturday night to play poker. Okay. Still no Xbox or PlayStation, no video games. Uh, then he tells me in person there, it's going to be a, that his brother-in-law has him. It's going to be a horrible Sunday for his brother-in-law. That it's going. It was supposed to be a horrible Sunday three Sundays ago. But okay. So anyway, Sunday comes. I go to church. I leave him alone. I don't say anything. Come back. Text him saying, "So what's the deal?" And he said, "Well." My ceiling fan's not working. It stopped working after 30 minutes. So I took it down, and I'm now exchanging it at Home Depot. I'm like, okay. I say, so what about the video games? Oh, he's coming. I'm just waiting for him to call me. Getting it today. So then I go over to his house and help him a second time with the ceiling fan on Sunday. Yeah. Because, hey, the systems are coming Sunday night. Uh, They didn't show up. You should start sleeping at his house. Just say, I'm not leaving until I get my system. So I told him. Uh, so then today he tells me that, yeah, I'm getting them once my brother-in-law gets off work. Uh, I have to go pick him up. And I said, okay, great. 
And then I texted him right before we did the podcast because I knew I would need an update. Now, he was complaining at 1.30 that his brother-in-law would not bring them to him, so he has to go pick them up. So then he... At, at, at 1.30 on July 26th, also at 1.30 on July 16th, I think it was the same complaint, but okay, go ahead. Oh, totally. I got pages. Maybe June complaints. 16th as well, yeah. All right. So at 7.50, he said, yes, he will be here around 10 p.m. with the systems. He's getting off work soon, and it takes him two hours to get back from home from work. So at 10 o'clock, you will have the systems. So as we record, it is 8.59 at this moment. So uh, if you're keeping track, I will have the systems in one hour and one minute. Stay tuned for next week's update while I'm still waiting. If this was my bookie, I would put 100 bucks. I would put more than I put in the orders within 62 and a half games that the system will not arrive. Um, oh, no. yeah. if, we're doing tra- if we're doing percentages, uh, if I have the PlayStation by the trade deadline... I am going thirty percent chance I have it. Yeah, though so I think we could have a fun game on like guess the date. I see you can get closest All to right. guessing the date. Fine. That and I'm gonna put a date out there right now, Josh, because I think you will get these PlayStations. I think you will get them, and I want to put a date out right now, recorded or for the record. I'm gonna put a date out there. All right. <laughs> what date are you putting out there? I'm gonna say you're gonna get these PlayStations on August 10th. August 10th. That, that's the date I'm putting on there. At around uh, 8.30 p.m. I got some stuff on my calendar for August 10th, but I could make that work. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go with, um, hmm. If you're making me pick a day. Yeah, you pick a day. I, I'm, I'm seeing going, how much a sucker you are. So much, you still, you're still believing here. I'm going with um, September 1st. Okay, September 1st. September 1st. Okay, I think that's very reasonable. Because it would not be at all surprising. Right, I believe I paid for them in March. Yeah. I told you it's a really, really good deal. It's a very good deal. So, good things are worth the wait sometimes. I don't know if I shared the deal on here, but no, you didn't share the deal. All right, so even if it comes September 1st, it's still a really good deal. Still a good deal. Yeah. But if it doesn't come at all, Josh, that's not a good deal. If it doesn't come at all, that's a bad deal. Still a good deal for you. Bad deal for me. Great deal for me. I went out in this deal a very long time ago. I went yes, out in this did. deal. Yes, you did. So that is the PlayStation update for uh, this week. Nice. Nice. Well, I, well, I look forward to hearing yeah. how you didn't get it next week. Oh, And then the week no, after. you're in luck. Yeah. You're in luck. We're doing he a just, bonus He episode. just showed up. We're doing he just showed up right now. He just pulled in the driveway. He's carrying the PlayStations right. in the house. You're watching him through the window. Yeah, you got a bonus episode this week, so you'll get another update in a few days. Oh, nice. True. Nice. <laughs> so two updates this week. Yeah, yeah. So you'll find out on the bonus episode if he got if you got him tonight. Tonight. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah yes. I'll find out. All right. So uh, quick answer. No, they did not show up tonight. <laughs> so funny. I hope he listens to this podcast. We'll see. He listened to the last, he listened to it uh, when I trashed him back in like March or whatever. And that got you your PlayStations. Go and it did get me my or got you your PlayStation, yeah. 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 So All right. let's get out of here. Ah, oh, wrong button. Got my buttons mixed up. Oh, I was gonna share about the eye my me going to the eye doctor today for ball four. Talk about oh, I thought that. that's tomorrow. I went to the eye doctor today. Oh, tomorrow you're going to Warby Parker. 
Yeah. Or wherever you get your glasses. Yeah, I was going to go to work, Parker. This has been a slight change of plans. Apparently, I was going to go with the whole fam, and then we're going to go to the Baltimore Science Center, but apparently yeah. that's closed on Tuesdays. The so that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, staffing issues? But I, I hate that I want to go to an eye doctor's one time, and then I'll wrap up the show here, but I want to go to an eye doctor's one time that where they don't sell the glasses. Because that's the whole thing. They, like, yeah. hand you off from the eye doctor right to the eyeglass seller. It's like a direct and, handoff. And don't give you your prescription. Right. Yes. They, and, I, and they have a prescription, but I don't. And I can spend three times as much there than I would at Warby Parker. Correct. And so you have to come up with this whole elaborate excuse about why you can't buy the glasses at that moment. Oh, no. I got and then also, I'm going to buy online. You rip me off. Is that what you say? See, I'm not, I'm too, I'm non-confrontational, so I can't do that. So I give this whole excuse about, well, I need to be here with my wife to print them out. And then, oh, can you please print me off the prescription? I just like for my own knowledge to know what the prescription is. I'm not going to go to warbyparker.com tonight and buy them. I just, for my own benefit, I'd like to know my prescription. Please and thank you. And then they give it to me. But it's, it's it's a whole thing. They know. I know they know. Here's, I'll tell you what I did for Warby Parker. Here's how I got my Warby Parkers. Yeah. Uh, I got LASIK years ago, and suddenly I noticed that my eyes weren't great at night. Yeah. So I was driving. I think I was driving home from the Outer Banks, and I couldn't see some road signs. Because LASIK promised you night vision, and they just started not working. Yeah. Okay, well, no, it, no, it took 10 years. Okay. 10 years, and they started to wear oh, yeah. down. Okay, fine. Uh, and then my wife was sleeping next to me in the car. So she didn't have on her glasses. So I picked them up for fun and put on her glasses. And I said, I can see these signs. So I went home. I found her prescription. And I typed it all into Warby Parker as if it was my prescription. And I ordered a pair of glasses. Nice. I then wore those glasses for two years with her prescription until I finally went to an eye doctor. And then found out my true prescription. And then just told the pharmacy eye doctor people that I really like these Warby Parker frames, so I need your lenses to fit into these frames. Hmm. And that's what they did. So then I just bought the $50 lenses, and I was out of there. Nice. Smart. So, a little a little, uh, little life hack to rip off the system, just steal someone else's prescription. You got to check the box saying that you promise this is your prescription, and it's within the last year. But it's just a checkbox. So I should just go randomly trying on other people's glasses to find one that fits. As long as they have a prescription. And then get their prescription. As long as yeah. you know what the prescription is, yes. Okay, fine. And I don't know if it damaged my eyes more or less, but I wear glasses all the time now. Yeah, probably more. Well, anyway, but I, but I got my prescription. I got it. I got the prescription. and okay, good. So I got, I got it out of there. And I don't need to go back there until I need right. to update my prescription again. Right. So they can talk behind your back for a year. Yeah. Yeah. They also tried to charge me on – I don't want to get into it. Anyway, I got out of there not paying anything, but it was a close call. Gotcha. Uh, my youngest, Camden, went to the uh, dentist today. Mm. It had to get a cavity. Mm. Talk about and, painful, yeah. Yeah, and uh, apparently she wouldn't open up her mouth for the dentist and wouldn't take the gas stuff that they put in there. So they basically kicked her out and said, you got to go find a new dentist. Oh, really? Because they couldn't do the work on her. Oh, man. <laughs> you got to take her to sedation dentistry. Oh, man. Yeah. That was fun. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that's... What do you do if you don't open your mouth up? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't take her. Yeah, I it's don't weird. I how I would have handled it. Yeah. But, yep. 
All right, fun, fun stories here. Let's get out of here. I opened my eyes for the eye doctor, and they, they didn't do the thing where they shoot air into your eye anymore. They didn't do that anymore. Isn't that just for, like, glaucoma or something? I thought they, that's a standard thing, but now they got another thing that does it, but they don't have to shoot anything into your eyes. Do they still dilate your eyes? I don't know. What does that mean? When your eyes get all big. I don't know. Okay. Did you drive afterwards? Oh, yeah. They tried to charge me for that, and so I said don't do it. Oh, I didn't know that cost extra. They said they cost extra 30 bucks or something. So I said, no thanks. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Who cares about 30 bucks when it's your health? That's what I'm saying. That's what I try to tell them. Right. Yeah, I know. Right, exactly. My eyes work. I just can't see clearly. That's right. And, I, and I'm going to keep on doing that if you're going to charge me. I'd rather be <laughs> blind and, and rich than, you know, see well but have no money. That's my motto. I understand. My motto I live by. Um, yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can write us a five-star review. We appreciate those. Yeah, you can join us on Patreon. Click on the little sponsor link on section336.com. Absolutely. And you can follow me on Twitter for all my hot trade deadline takes, which I may or may not have on Twitter, at section336. And you can follow or, yeah. or at least for your whining. Yeah, you don't just make any move. Yeah, yeah. If they make any move, and I, I, if I like it, I probably won't say anything. But if I'm not, I'm not happy, I'll go on there and whine. That's how I use Twitter. Yep, understand. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go Mike Elias. Make some trades. Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. 
Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.